This is the AMA Los Angeles podcast. Welcome to the AMA Los Angeles podcast. I'm Joel Metzger. I am in the beating heart of Hollywood, California, in the offices of Battery, the fast-growing, envelope-pushing, and apparently anything-but-risk-averse ad agency. And I'm here with co-founder and CEO Anson Sobey and co-founder, chief creative officer, Philip Kosed. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks. I really dig your neighborhood. You're walkable to uh, Amoeba. Yes. Yeah, the vinyl, uh, delicious pizza, also delicious records. And the world's greatest concentration of crazy people, right? Right underneath our doorstep. Besides this floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get a thumbnail of Battery. We started Battery about four years ago. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you saying envelope pushing. I know it sounds cliche, but that's absolutely what we set out to do. And we purposely did that by going after brands and the types of products and the types of audiences that we thought that would be possible with. So we do a lot of work in video games a lot of work in streaming entertainment, and now even a lot of you know, B2B work. But we really set out for those types of clients that would allow us to really push the envelope. And again, another super cliche thing that would allow us to have a lot of fun. A lot of fun with the ads, something really entertaining. And again, I, think, I, I love it how you said envelope pushing. I think that's a, a great way to say it. In the early days of the company, you guys pulled off some pretty amazing things on a shoestring. Do you think those kinds of budgetary restrictions or other restrictions can actually feed the creative process? Yeah, although we hate budget restrictions. <laughs> I think um, invention is the... Necessities of invention. Not necessities the mother of invention, but more budget is better. I, I know that people want to say, hey, you know, it's great when you're sort of lean and mean, and we are lean and mean. We're still lean and mean, but um, I think it forces you to think outside of the box, and that's sort of the templated answer. Uh, but I think what we've done at Battery, and I think Anson will agree with me, is we try to put as much as, in the early days, we put as much as we can on screen. So uh, I think that was a big part of our sort of rapid growth was, you know, spending the money, actually going out there, getting the best creative, hiring the best directors, you know, you know, using our clients' money where it mattered the most. Well, when you were a small agency and you uh, you grew from a small agency to a larger one, uh, how did you make sure the clients were a good fit for you along the way? Um, so I'll be king of cliches. And I bet, That's okay, again, we're not but, stopping now. But no, it's great. I, I'll, I just keep going. Uh, collaboration. You know, uh, the best clients we've worked with haven't been, all right, Battery, here's a brief, come back in three weeks and you know give us your ideas and then we'll give you feedback in a week from then. It's been, all right, if we have an idea at 10 p.m. in the middle of the night, can we text our client? Can we, can we show them, God forbid, unfinished work? Can we show them something even so, not even work in progress, but just pencil sketches in progress? Some clients don't like that, right? Some clients want it perfectly packaged, right to them, and that's perfectly fine. Kudos to them, but we're not that type of group. So because we approach the work in this kind of scrappy, collaborative way, we want to do it the same way with the clients. Again, it, it doesn't work for all clients, but literally that 10 p.m. text at night, we, we do that a lot. It saves a lot of time going down wrong roads, too. Of course, yeah. I mean, why do we need, uh, you know, why do we need four weeks to work out a brief and a strategy? Why can't why can't we have a conversation about it right now? Why can't we say, hey, what, what have you done before that didn't work for you? What have you explored? What, you know, what are your concerns? What are your, 
a lot of times it's kind of like this guessing game, you know, it's like, uh, I think, and I think that's bred into sort of the agency process and specifically starts around the pitch, you know, that there's this, there's a pitch and here's six agencies and come back in three weeks with your idea and the agency with the best idea wins. Well, you know, even with a tissue session, it's like, well, you didn't really understand what I was thinking inside my head. Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm not here to guess what's inside your head. What I want to do is have a, have a real honest conversation about what it is that you're hoping to achieve and what it is that you need to achieve. And then maybe we can think of some great ways that you haven't thought of on how to get there. I mean, that's fundamentally why you're hiring us, right? So, And efficiency, you hit the nail on the head. As a yeah. young agency, it allows us to be much more efficient with our resources. God forbid we spend three weeks and then we've been grinding our fees and it's the wrong direction. We have to redo it all over again. So yeah. efficiency, for sure. I think we like to be very honest and candid with people up front. And, and I don't think anybody's coming to Battery for work that feels canned, right? <laughs> I mean, you're not calling us for that, so... Um, I think if you're coming to us with an open mind and you allow us to work with you and, and we, in a way that's open and honest, I think we'll get to something amazing pretty quick. So you're a young company. You're growing very fast. Are you doing anything to make sure you're not growing too fast or overreaching? Or is it just kind of balls out right now? Grow, grow, grow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we never want to let it be balls out. So we, we uh, said no to two pitches uh, last month. We just didn't feel like were the right opportunities, even though the budget was great. It just, it, it didn't, it didn't pass the sniff test. The last thing we want to do is be so balls out that I think the current work suffers. We lose current clients and then we have to, through the spin cycle, replace those current clients because we were so balls out. But I mean, that is, that's probably the most difficult thing as an agency. How fast do you grow? What's too fast? Because there absolutely is too fast. There's taking on too much work being in year two or year three. You know, have we solved it perfectly? Of course not. But that's something we always ask ourselves. How, how fast should we be going? I read on your website, uh, I'm quoting here, Battery has been helping energize an alternative universe to traditional Madison Avenue. Uh, so it sounds like you guys kind of specialize in zigging when others zag. How much does that get does that get baked into the company culture? I think it's everything. Um, I think it's 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 from uh, the brief to how we how we hire people to who's here. I think you know everybody here, and I don't think that this is something that we hide. I mean, everybody here has got a bit of a chip on their shoulder. <laughs> you know, we all come from, uh, we've all done our time, you know, you know, Madison Avenue or in LA Playa, you know, <laughs> we've done our time. We've been at the, the big shops and, and there's nothing wrong with the big agencies. And there's some clients that absolutely need that, that infrastructure and that reach. Um, but we think that, there is a simpler way of doing things. And some of that is, you know, that collaborative process that we, that Anson talked about earlier, but it's literally how we work. So you have some very, very senior creatives, for instance, at Battery, some you know world-renowned creatives who crack open Photoshop on a daily basis, who write on a daily basis, who oversee everything, and, and no one is too big, and no one's got a title that's too big for them not to be in the weeds and working. Now, having said that, it's not about inefficiency, but it literally means that everybody's part of the work. And I think that's really important. Everybody owns it, right? Which means that you're going to push it a little bit further. And I think that it's not, it's not uh, a contrarian point of view. I don't think that anyone's out there saying, you know what, that's how it's always been done. We're going to do it differently. I don't think that's what we're saying. What we're saying is how, how do we do it so that it, so it, it has maximum impact? And I think that just by the very nature of, you know, 
you know, I don't want to turn on the radio and hear the same song over and over again. It doesn't matter if it's a different artist, right? <laughs> I want to hear something new. And I think that drives our culture, right? And I think the same is true for advertising. You know, uh, it's not to say that you throw out the playbook. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're an automotive, there's certain things that you want to do and you have to do. But it's how do we get there in a little bit of a different way? How do we, dare I say, disrupt? How do we do something that's slightly different that capture someone's attention? I think we're in an extraordinary time. I think we have a media landscape that's completely fragmented. You know, I have your attention for five seconds here. I have it, you know, I have it captively over here for 60, you know. So I, I think that you have to be really smart about how you're going to create something, how you're going to repurpose it. You have to think a little bit deeper. And I think that's really ingrained in everything we do because we have a certain amount of freedom here that you don't really have. You know, that's the whole Madison Avenue thing. There aren't layers here. So, you know, in the creative department, if someone comes up with an idea, it usually finds its way into the work. You know, there isn't rounds and rounds of revisions and grinding. You know, we tend to think of our people as, as pretty smart and creative. And I think that through speaking to our clients and, and doing the work that we, that we get things out there quickly. And that makes a big, big difference because it doesn't get watered down over thought. Um, it gets out there fast and, and uh, we spend more time on perfecting it on the back end, you know, when we're in production and all that stuff and doing the stuff that really moves the needle at the end uh, of the day. But the big idea usually leaves, leaves the office pretty quickly, which I think is pretty unique to battery. Like, like all young companies, uh, there's, there's tough times in the beginning. What was the mindset when they got you guys through it when you thought maybe you were on the ropes in the early days? It's a good question. I mean, obviously, there's been times where we haven't taken payroll. Luckily, it's only been a handful of times and less than 10 times. I think I always say, look, if we're not happy about what we're doing, it's our own fault because we started this thing, right? So if we're not passionate about it, if we're not excited, if we're not working with the right clients, it's our own fault 100%. So we said, let's let's change the situation. Let's find that right client. Let's find the, the right work. I think it just pushes us through it because we know we, at least me, myself, I couldn't be happier anywhere else working for someone else. Again, nothing against any other agency, but it is it is a complete, you know, choose your own adventure, you know, make, make, make your own landscape. And if that means a couple of times in year two that we couldn't make parallel, I feel like that's, that's the exciting stuff. That's the stuff we should look on. You know, if it was all positive, I think that's just such a fairy tale world that yeah. wouldn't be possible. And if this were easy, everyone would be trying to, to do it. You know, I think we, first of all, we did not make payroll. We just didn't pay each other. <laughs> but, uh, I, I think we, um, We've never not made peril as a company. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. The two of us. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, I, we have an unwavering belief in what we're doing. I mean, it's just, a, it's just, it doesn't matter how dark it gets. We, we firmly believe that it's, it, I mean, I can't remember a time when we sat back and said, hey, you know, we're, we're really on the ropes. And, and if you look back on the numbers, you'll, you'll say, oh, you know, you were really on the ropes back then. But I think that we believed it. We believed it. I mean, we were very lucky early on. We did some very, very big things. And I think, to be honest, I think, you know, even recently we were doing a, a pretty massive shoot in Mexico City. And Nance and I, you know, sort of went for a walk. A lot. We were getting, we're doing the next setup, and I mean, there was you know 400 people working, and, and we sat back, and there was a there was a moment of of humility. You know, I think you always have to, 
just have to be humble and, and know that you got to keep the gas. You got to keep your foot on the gas because as quickly as it comes, it can go away. I think you have to keep on pushing. And I think that's been our attitude. I, I think that we've always looked to the next thing and, and tried to keep, you know, two steps ahead uh, of the game and, and do the best work possible. And, it's, and I think that's what sort of pushed it through. And that permeates everything we do. You may have just answered this. Uh, the flip side to being on the ropes. Was there a moment when you guys kind of looked at each other and said, oh, yeah, this is working. Like, we're going to be okay. This is taking off. Was there a victory moment like that? I think, I think there's been a few, a couple of moments like that. I think when we did our biggest production for Batman Arkham Knight and we were on, you know, the Warner Brother or the Universal Backlot and we blew up a five-story building. I think we took a step back. And literally, as the flame engulfed the building, we physically had to take a step back. I remember that being a big moment is, oh, my God. We're hiring an Oscar, you know, award-winning director. We're blowing up a building. We're 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 on our way, right? You know, metaphorically and and, and literally, um, you know. Then I think you know uh, uh, another moment like when we won uh, Ad Age's uh, Small Agency of the Year. I think that just that felt like such a great award because it wasn't just about creative. It wasn't just about bit. It was it was about everything we were kind of doing all together. And honestly, then the the most recent one probably was that. You know, big Mike shooting Mexico City. Yeah. I feel like there's, you know, we're due for one every every few months of those kind of different big moments that honestly just propel us, you know, even further. Yeah, I, I honestly, even you being here, I every time, look, every time someone calls us, every time, you know, if it's that age or, you know, anytime someone has recognized us, I've always sort of sat back and said, I can, you know, really? <laughs> You know, on one hand, we're the most confident group of people, you know, and we, and we sort of we have this never die attitude. But on the other hand, it's very easy to turn around and say, wow, this, you know, what what a humbling experience. And and it's it's funny to me that, you know, in in our mind, we are still at the beginning. Yeah, I was looking at some of your stuff and it, it occurred to me the phrase storytelling it seems to be this buzzword that gets thrown at everything, even if it's like a hundred. 40 character tweet. Yeah. When is storytelling just really integral and and not just a buzzword? I think it's bullshit. How about that? Oh, I'm really glad to hear that. Please <laughs> please continue. Please continue because that's that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah, I think it's bullshit and uh, I'm glad that we're on a podcast and not on the radio, but um, I think that we've been telling stories and advertising for forever you know I, what else is advertising other than telling stories I mean I think yeah sure there's more direct you know to consumer stuff but I mean for the most part I'm, I'm selling you a narrative right I, uh, I I don't really understand the storytelling bit you know I don't get it I don't under everyone's a storyteller I don't really understand what makes you a storyteller and and, and the guys who wrote 1984 with jobs, you know, the guys that shy, that wasn't storytelling. I mean, that's still, you know, or think small for VW. Yeah. I think the whole subject of storytelling is us advertisers just trying to, trying to tell ourselves a story to give ourselves a better job. And I think for the most part, (laughs) consumers couldn't give a crap about a brand. They don't want to hear from a brand. They don't want to engage in a brand. The last thing they want to hear is a story from a brand. Like my seven-year-old wants a story, hear a story from me. He wants a story, but I think it's, 
our job, you know, what do consumers want? They want to understand why is that product right for them? How is it going to make their lives better? How is it going to enrich our lives? And then, you know, slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. Ciao. See you later. They don't want, they don't want these stories. I think it's something we all tell ourselves to, you know, enable ourselves to probably get more budgets and, you know, you know, uh, classify our, our existence. I think, I think consumers know what they want from brands and it's our job to tell it as succinctly as possible and not in a long story. So looking at the future, what are some unexplored areas that you guys are excited about? This might not be answering your question exactly, but, you know, a lot of the work we do is, you know, targeting males under 40. So we always ask ourselves is, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's definitely easier to push the boundaries with alcohol and video games, kind of these, you know, quote unquote, extreme products. But how can we also push the boundaries within that same audience with other products that might not be as so extreme in their you know front facing nature as as games and alcohol. So I think I think we're we're now constantly looking for what are those right products that are demanding or or that that consumer even if it's that male under forty or whoever you know wants from that product. So I know it's not necessarily an ad tech thing. At least me personally, that's what I always try to think. How, it, it it's a lot easier with the alcohol and the video games of the world. But how do you push the boundary with you know other products? To be honest, what I'm excited about is is the coalescing of media, the consolidation of it. I think the landscape is really interesting right now. I think you have massive fragmentation. I think that you have um, a lot of people in a panic, right? Um, I'm sure you've interviewed lots of CMOs who you know are talking about all the multiple plates spinning at the same time. I think that we need to figure out a way to consolidate brands and the messaging and turn it in and and it's not about looking backwards you know it's not a backwards looking strategy but it's it's how we are going to move forward and be able to come up with it with consolidated thinking for our clients that is going to be able to be sort of media agnostic and i know that that's been thrown around but what i mean by that it I don't even know what the next format's going to be tomorrow, right? It used to be that you had a format sort of every couple of years, or whatever it was, and you know, up until the digital age, every you know, 50 years. But I, I literally don't know tomorrow there could be a new ad format. So I think it's it's kind of like we need to figure out a way to be to be able to create on a level that's bigger than the fragmentation of the, of the media landscape. And we kind of swung the pendulum, right? We were big ideas only, and, you know, the, the 30, the 60 spot, whatever it is, and we ignored, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, no, we need to be digital, we need to be digital, no, we need to be the six, the this, the bumper, the whatever. And I, we swung the pendulum the other way to the hyper-specialization. And what we lost in the process was this consolidated messaging that we need to get back to. We need to be able to be a steward, of the brand and and what does that brand say and what is what does it inspire and how is it human and how does it talk to all these people at the exact same time and keep that message consistent and I think that that is the the next frontier and that's something that we talk about a lot right because um, you know we have clients coming to us say do you do digital do you do this I said well of course we do and but the first thing that we do is come up with the idea and it's you know a lot of the times you hear a big you know sort of sigh of relief from a client it's like okay great so you guys can you know sort of shepherd that and yeah we can and I think that 
we need to have a better conversation about that, right? About how we're going to consolidate that. What does the future look like? What, you know, I'm not specifically talking about creating process because process I think is, is the killer of creativity. What I'm talking about is a language but, and an understanding of how we're gonna go, how we're gonna move forward, how we're going to be able to anticipate what we don't even know, right? Is it going to be VR? Is it going to be, you know, an even an, a minuscule, you know, nanosecond, ad, you know, <laughs> subliminal, you know, subliminal ad, whatever it is. But we need to figure out a way to to be able to continue the narrative and be and be ahead of it. And I and I, you know, I think we firmly believe that that sits in the root of a great idea that can, you know, sort of go anywhere. So. Um, I think that's a really exciting frontier, and I think it's happening. I think people are, are talking about it all the time, right? We need to consolidate. We need to consolidate. You're seeing it happening with clients. You're seeing it happening with big holding companies, right? We used to have Ogo V1. We used to have all these different, and now we, we're starting to see you know, everyone coming back together. We're starting to gel again because guess what? It never stopped being about uh, creating great you know, breakthrough ideas that are creative. So um, I think that is good, is a really exciting time. And I think that bodes well for, for, for companies like ours who are really built upon that. This has all been really great stuff. Where can people find out more? They can go to our website, uh, batteryagency.com. And we're on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. I think, I think we really obsess over constantly updating our website even though the design isn't perfect but we constantly obsess over adding you know just all the stuff and and the work that we put up there so that's the best place anson sobe philip cosed thanks for coming on the ama los angeles podcast thanks for having us thanks for having us You've been listening to the AMA Los Angeles podcast. For more information on the American Marketing Association's Los Angeles chapter and to find out about upcoming events, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This podcast was produced by Joel Metzger and Icebox Logic.